Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. can be like browsing through a library of titles. You can rifle through the generations faster than you can count them, like flipping pages. And then all of a sudden, God stops and halts our speed and delves into humanity's story for a moment. Hannah's story, in particular, is painted with such very human details. She is mocked and scorned by her rival, we read, irritated. Her family knew exactly what they were doing when they tried to poke at her most vulnerable wounds, and they succeeded. Her husband, Elkanah, tried to comfort her. Don't I mean more to you than ten sons, he says, beseeching her to be happy again. And then when it all gets to be too much, she stands up and goes off by herself to be alone and to pray. And she prayed to God that if she should have a son, she would dedicate that child to God in gratitude. And sure enough, she gave birth to a child, and she named him Samuel. And when he was still very young, just weaned, she brought him to the house of God to be raised there. I was very glad that nobody asked me to lead a children's time this morning because I thought about how traumatic that story would be for our children. Nobody wants to think about parents taking a child to the house of God and leaving them there. It's terrifying, the stuff of nightmares. Not to me, though, strangely. Because, as you heard, I grew up here. (laughs) It's one of the most wonderful places to be, in fact, to grow up in the building of a church. It's a gym and a roof garden, but it's more than that. You grow to love every inch of the walls, to look up at the high ceilings, and your memories come pouring back out of them like a ray of sunlight. You can run through the halls and find your huge extended family everywhere you go. It's like having a big family, only even more, because there are so many wonderful people here and of so many different origins. It's like having a home, but one made richer for the fact that it is, in a way, everybody's home and God's too. God's home and filled with love. It's just like it ought to be. It is easy to love and to be loved when you grow up in the house of God. And that's quite a lot of what a growing child needs. So I've never really worried about Samuel, but Hannah, on the other hand, she accepted a much harder role in this whole drama. How did she have the strength to follow through on the promise that she had made to God. 
How did she? I wonder about this. Or conversely, how many times does God hear humans like me make promises that we fail to keep? Like after a hangover. God help me through this and I will never do this again. <laughs> or more serious and still often broken, please. Make this terrible situation turn out okay. And I will be grateful to be alive every day of my life. The indigo girls sing a song about their fear of flying. I'm up on an airplane, nearer my God to thee. If I did wrong, I won't do it again, because I can be good and sweet and nice. And if I have enemies, their friends, I hold on to my life with the grip of a vice. One of Fyodor Dostoevsky's characters has a philosophy kind of similar to this about money. He wants to not care about money. He wants to be free of it, but he has felt the sting of poverty, and he feels hungry for it despite himself, and it has a grip on him. So his idea becomes this. He is going to amass a tremendous fortune, more than anybody could ever spend in their lives, millions of rubles, and he doesn't know exactly how many, but just so many that he finally feels sated. And when he feels rich, he is going to give it all away in one big blow, and then, having chosen his fate, he will be free. What do you think? As you might guess, this doesn't go so well. It's sort of a binge and purge approach. He gambles also because he's so eager to amass this pot that's bigger than anything he can imagine. But in addition, he finds that there is no amount of wealth that makes him feel rich. He never reaches a point at which he says, now I have enough. I think about this myself, often. But, for instance, when Americans rail against the 1% among us, I always think, in the world's eyes, we are the 1%. We have education, we have national safety, we have free vaccines, and also boosters that are available to all of us. And yet, we may not feel, perhaps, that we have enough. Did you all know that Thomas Jefferson believed that slavery was wrong? That's kind of startling, isn't it? Thomas Jefferson, who had so many slaves that the first black TV show was called The Jeffersons. He believed that it was wrong to enslave people. He wrote a very nice paper about how very nice it would be if all the very nice slave owners would just give up their slaves for free, rather than plummeting the nation into the bloodshed that he could foresee was coming. He wrote, I tremble in my bones with fear for my country when I think that God is just. But he 
couldn't quite bring himself to do it. Like the world with fossil fuels, for example, we just can't say that we have enough without them. We're too used to the ease and comfort that they bring, and so we ourselves are not free. Maybe this is why God, while flipping through these generations and generations, Fares and Hezron and Ram and Aminadab, suddenly stops and zooms in and tells this intimate, powerful story about a woman named Hannah who feels the sting of want, who makes a promise to God, who receives God's blessing, and who delivers on her promise as spoken. She sets her blessing down, her child, in God's house to be a gift for us all. That is what we are doing today. Today we have a chance to hear God's word and to do it, just as Hannah did, by making a pledge, undesignated, just the way that Hannah gave her child, undesignated except for the caveat that this be used for God's work, however it is that God wills it. We make this promise to and with one another, and all year we will be coming back here to watch it grow, to see how these gifts mature. This has been a strange year point five that we've just been through, that we're still plowing through. Among those who had investments, these have grown tremendously and some of our expenses are down. And then there are others who have, been in, who have had suddenly incredible and unexpected losses. Dostoevsky, you can almost see him watching his characters as they succumb to their fatal flaws, as they suddenly win some gamble that leaves them with piles of chips and yet they can't let go, and they find themselves losing it on the next turn. And I feel as though he would look down upon us, too, with his God's eye view, collectively, and ask us, if not now, when? When some of us have a chance to help others, when our crops have been rich and our tithe can be full, when we, like Hannah, have received a blessing, then if not now, when? I can say all of these things so much more freely here than I could with my congregation back in Ithaca, because it is so clear here in my heart and in the eyes of all who look on me that I am not asking for myself. This is a gift we make to God out of love, and for the people of God as they are gathered here and far, and for all those that God has sent to effect this gift, and for all of us here to put our heads and our arms together to make God's kingdom magnificent. We are a flock of birds casting ourselves up into the clouds to fly together on a pilgrimage to the future. We are a school of fish 
waiting to be caught up in Peter's nets so that we can see a Redeemer face to face. We are a flock of sheep, beloved. We are a collective prayer and a spirit and a generation and a promise. And there is new life right here among us, full of hope, about to be laid down in the house of God, like our very lives, to be raised up again into becoming the church, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of your servant Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and forever shall be, world without end. Amen.